Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thanks for downloading the John Contreras Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Live from America's finest city, it's the John Cantera Show. Now, here's the coach, John Cantera, on 97.3 The Fan. Well, we dive into hour number three. Uh, These shows just go way too fast. Hopefully uh, you enjoy it each and every day. Want to get some phone calls this hour as well. If you're out there and like to uh, chat about the wonderful world of sports, our phone number is 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. This hour of the John Contreras Show brought to you by the California Highway Patrol Motorcycle Safety Program. As we all start to get back on the road again, now's the perfect time to think about taking a California Motorcycle Safety course. The course allows you to skip the riding skills test at the DMV. That's a good one. It is required for riders under 21 to become a better rider. Learn more at the California Motorcyclist. Uh, com Again, CaliforniaMotorcyclist.com. Okay, we're going to go back and talk a little bit about the NBA. Apparently, there's a, a group of players right now, we have no idea who they are, that are very concerned about uh, uh, what the plan is, going down to Orlando and being with the other uh, uh, all 22 teams and coaches and trainers and, and be in the little bubble down there. Uh, we'll see where it goes. It's already been voted on. We expect it to uh, go through, even though uh, some players are maybe uh, starting to balk and maybe um, maybe not even wanting to play. We'll have to wait and see. But here's uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on the growing concern among NBA players. There are players and, and a growing number of players uh, who who have more than a hesitation about going into that bubble who might want to talk more with the Players Association, the league, about um, making that commitment. And those conversations have been ongoing uh, really for the past several days. That's not good. Woj, uh, and Woj is great. I mean, I don't know if this guy sleeps at all, but he was talking about the discussions the players are having right now, and they're not good. 
I think it's a combination of several things. I think largely players in the last week or so have really gotten a better sense of what living in a bubble and playing in a bubble, you know, what it will include and how limiting it is, how restrictive, how isolating it will be. The fact that they can't leave it, they can't go outside of it, and they can't have visitors come in, and none of them would be able to have any family able to come in till at least after the first round of the playoffs. And I think there is a group of players that they would like to see some of this, the quarantine elements of this uh, loosened and softened. And I think there are other reasons. There are teams, players who on teams who know they're not going to win a championship in there, that financially this doesn't make a big uh, difference to them in terms of what they're going to make. And I think the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, I think that is playing a role in uh, the the conversation among players. Braden, uh, I'm anxious to see if this continues to to gain steam right now because they've already voted on it. I mean, the, the Board of Governors voted on it. The players voted on it. And we thought it was a slam dunk. Everybody's excited to get back on the court. And now, all of a sudden, a monkey wrench has been thrown into it. Right. This is uh, something I was not expecting at all, to be honest with you, in terms of the NBA. I thought uh, it was all agreed upon, and there you go. And, uh, you know, they just got to dot some I's and cross some T's, and we'll be good to go uh, for, um, you know, for uh, for basketball in July. But the fact of the matter is, it sounds like they're not ready to go for basketball yet in July. And uh, hopefully they can, uh, you know, figure out what they need to do in order to make that happen. But, you know, even after negotiation and, and agreeing to uh, to an uh, you know have an, agree- an agreement in place, still I guess doesn't confirm anything, which you know kind of makes me even more concerned about baseball now. Because what if baseball comes up with a plan and all of a sudden like some guys are you know don't want to be a part of it and all of a sudden it gets slowed down again? I don't know how it's going to work, but you know this is I don't I don't know if this is a cause for concern yet, but it looks like it's starting to you know drift that way a little bit for the NBA. Uh, Brayden, let's continue because uh, Woj had a couple of other things to, to talk about, and he was talking about uh, the players' concerned uh, going down to Orlando. I still think that the NBA will return in July. I do think there'll be players who won't be a part of it. I think it'll be more so on teams outside of the championship contenders. This is a concern for the league, and, and, and I'm told that they're going to have a mechanism uh, in the agreement that they announce that would allow players who don't want to play to stay home. Uh, they won't be punished by their teams for it. Now, they will not get paid, I'm told, but uh, players who aren't comfortable for whatever reason to go in um, won't have to go in. And, and so, like, the league certainly had concerns about this. The Players Association did. Well, they, they voted on it, and everybody agreed that they were going to do it. Now, all of a sudden, you've got some people that you know, are probably not going to have an opportunity to make the playoffs, and they just don't want to leave their families for a few weeks. I totally get that. I totally get that. And you know, maybe they're rushing it. I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see where it goes. But Woj also talked about the risk-reward for the players. What it is going to mean to be in that bubble. Teams are worried about it. Coaches are worried about it. How are they going to keep players engaged, focused, this is unlike anything any of them have had to deal with, and it is a long, significant commitment of time. And as one player said to me, you know, this is one where you're really measuring the risk-reward and asking yourself some questions about it. And, you know, that's a player who's on a team that's not going to come out of this as the NBA champion. 
Uh, good stuff there from Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN. Does an incredible job of covering the NBA. Braden, we've got an update on the stadium. Uh, yeah, and uh, it sounds like it will be uh, up uh, for discussion, I guess, back on June 17th is from what we've been uh, told. I've seen on uh, Twitter a handful of times. Uh, June 17th seems to be the day for the next uh, set of plans in terms of getting the stadium, the SDSU West plan, uh, enacted. Okay, now June 17th, uh, that, that's uh, the first of uh, two proposed meetings to get this thing finalized to where, you know, they can get the uh, the thing sold in July. Hopefully it could close in July, and hopefully San Diego State. I, you know, Brent, I don't know if they can get started in August. I mean, that would be an awful quick turnaround to get, you know, everyone on the same page, the construction crew out there. I mean, boy, uh, what's that going to do uh, with San Diego State? And, uh, uh, I mean, we haven't even thought about all the – stuff that's going to go on uh, around that stadium, you know, because San Diego State's got to play a football season there. Yeah, who knows what the uh, parking situation is going to be. I would imagine wow. uh, it's not going to be that big of a deal, maybe for the UCLA game and the Sky Show. But other than that, uh, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal in terms of that parking lot. Uh, the official uh, tweet, of course, Mission Valley West slash San Diego State will be up for formal approval as an ordinance ordinance at a special city council meeting on June 17th at 2 o'clock. Documents are all complete uh, go Aztec. So that's uh, that's what's going on in terms of the uh, finances. I had to go find the exact tweet for you, but uh, you get get it going by August would be uh, amazing. I mean, they obviously still want to hit that uh, start date uh, for that Arizona game, and what was that twenty twenty three or something like that? I don't think I think it was September third of twenty twenty two. Want to do um, shovels on the ground by August would be great. Um, you know, full uh, getting the deal done by uh, mid July, going into escrow would also be fantastic. Uh, the sooner the better. And uh, I, I'm not going to breathe a sigh of relief until uh, you know I see a shovel in the ground. And I start seeing some construction uh, crews showing up to Mission Valley. Yeah, I want to be down there with my hard hat when they, uh, you know, cut the ribbon to start uh, digging down there. That'd be kind of fun. They could have a nice little get-together down there and get everybody out there, and we can wear our little hard helmets like we did when we went down to Petco Park. I still got my hard helmet here. Got your hard hat from the Petco Park uh, groundbreaking day. When, when did they break ground on Petco Park? Oh, boy, uh, I'm trying to remember. Maybe, I don't know. Late 2000, 2001. We opened up in 2004. Uh, they had those delays with the uh, uh, those people that uh, you know sued the city and sued anybody that would listen. Uh, you know what? Tomorrow, maybe before the show, I'll take a picture with my uh, hard helmet on, my Padre logo, and I'll put it up on Twitter. Yeah, I'd do that. It'd be awesome. I was very little when that uh, we were break we were breaking ground on that uh, on that stadium. The only thing I remember. Is I remember the last game at Qualcomm being on TV, and they took home plate out at Qualcomm, and then they delivered right. it to Petco and put it in place at Petco. That was the last, That's exactly the only right. memory I have with the uh, transition period. You know, I was just thinking, nobody, you know, all the times we've talked to people about the stadium on the year, off the year, we haven't talked at all about what is going to happen in construction. How are they going to get people in and out of the, the stadium uh, that's going to be very interesting. I wonder how much they've actually uh, thought about it. The powers to be on that. Uh, I mean, where where are they going to put the stadium again? They're going to put it on the uh, the west side. Is that is that what the plan is? Yeah, I think up uh, towards uh, towards Friars Road on the west side, I believe. By the uh, like the IKEA store. Yeah, up in that area, I do believe. And if there's somebody out there that knows exactly, but I believe that's where it's at. Sounds like a lot of parking's gonna be uh, on the east side, and they'll probably just shut off ha- half of that parking lot. I mean, again, 
I got to Aztec games. I mean, it's getting you know it's better now, but uh, I I can't imagine that. I mean, it's not like Charger games. You have to park on the top uh, of uh, you know we're uh, up up by us at Sarah Mesa and walk your way yeah, down. How about the Holiday Bowl? There's, there's going to be parking available. Uh, for these Aztec games, and again, I think if you look at their home schedule, that was uh, that will be the determining factor of um, you know whether or not they're going to have issues or not. Again, UCLA comes down here; I'm sure that might be an issue. Uh, but aside from UCLA and the Sky Show, uh, I don't see a lot of opponents drawing a lot of um, you know parking spots and a lot of tickets. Yeah, but how about the Holiday Bowl? Where are they going to park? I mean, they got fifty thousand people that show up for the Holiday Bowl. Not everybody can take the trolley. I know you're a big fan of the trolley. I'm a not a fan of the trolley at all when it comes to taking one to a sporting event here in the city of San Diego because the system does not uh, work in that kind of capacity. Uh, Holiday Bowl, I think, would be the only uh, event that would uh, have some issues with this. Yeah, I think they're going to have a big issue. Uh, but again, you know, we'll have to wait and see. And you know, they got to get by next week, and then I believe there's one more uh, hurdle they have to jump, and then they can uh, shake hands, sign the documents, and and uh, turn it over to. Uh, the people at San Diego State, and they can get cranking on this thing. And then I guess there'll probably be a few lawsuits along the way, I would imagine. Uh, plus, of course, this season, Coach. I mean, you said it like three days ago. You're not. I mean, not a lot of people are going to be going to sporting events anyway, regardless if it's open or not. So, uh, Sac State is their home opener. I don't see that being a problem. Except for it's probably going to be the Sky Show. Assuming it's going to be the Sky Show, should be. Uh, and then UCLA at home might be an issue. They then host UNLV, San Jose State, Colorado State, and Hawaii. Those are not uh, big ticket items. No, they're not big uh, ticket items at all. But uh, again, you know, we'll we'll see what the Aztecs have in store for us on the field. I'll tell you what, I don't think a lot of people think San Diego State going to be very good this year. I uh, I don't think so either. But uh, you know, I'm gonna have to listen to the interview uh, this afternoon on the Gwen and Chris show. They got Brady Hoke coming on uh, with uh, Gwen and Chris, so hopefully we can get an update on how uh, they're approaching the off season and how we got some good news and some big uh, you know time recruits coming in to, to make San Diego State uh, a legit team. And uh, you know, hopefully they don't miss a beat and they continue their success that they've had. You know, one thing about San Diego State, and I was talking a little bit about uh, yesterday, we were talking about Reggie Bush being reinstated up there at USC, and boy, they're so excited about that. I got to tell you, uh, you know, reading the different columns and, and the fans on their chat boards last night after the draft, I, I went on the USC uh, chat boards, was just kind of reading kind of what the uh, scuttlebutt was on that, man. People up in, in LA, they're fired up about Reggie Bush being back involved. Now, I don't know, you know, how he can be involved. He can't go out and recruit players, but I guess just because he can, you know, be at games if he's not working for Fox or, you know, he can go to, you know, alumni events and shake hands and talk to donors. I mean, I would imagine Reggie Bush, uh, you know, you, you have him uh, at, a, at a banquet. I would imagine he could bring in uh, quite a few folks wanting to hear him talk, and a lot of people would probably be willing to make a nice donation to the USC athletic program, I would think. I mean, Reggie Bush is loved in L.A. The amount of, uh, I don't, you're not even like thinking about the uh, digital reach that he has in terms of uh, just being able to use his highlights on Twitter again for USC and being able to use his highlights and on Instagram and all these other things and being able to use him uh, as a uh, you know as a face. I mean, TCU uses Ladanian Tomlinson all the time. I mean, that's something that uh, you know Reggie Bush could definitely do for USC. And I think just having his number back there and having everything back that says Reggie Bush and being able to reminisce about Reggie Bush again uh, and having it from the uh, you know the actual accounts of the school, I think is going to be uh, very uh, helpful in terms of recruiting and a lot of other things in uh, in terms of um, you know getting better athletes back uh, to USC and again with Reggie Bush I mean 
you got guys, uh, you know, if he's at a game on the sideline, I mean, he's there meeting recruits and all that kind of fun stuff. So just having him there is going to be uh, just drastically better, I think, for USC. Well, I think it also helps him and Matt Leinert are doing like the pregame show on Fox. That certainly helps. I can tell you, and maybe we can track down one of the guys that follows USC recruiting, uh, get them on here uh, before uh, training camp gets underway. But, you know, uh, the 2021 class right now, USC's really doing well. And, and it, I took it up to SC because I was looking at uh, some of the stuff they were doing. But I got to tell you, San Diego State already has four or five verbal commitments, which for San Diego State, this time of year, and you can't sign until, you know, November and then the late signing period in February. San Diego State's out there. They're getting a couple of pretty good ball players right now. So, you know, I don't know what to expect this year. They don't know who their quarterback's going to be. They got a new head coach. They got a lot of new assistants, and they missed spring ball. You know, they had a few days of spring ball before everything got shut down. I know they're in the same boat as other uh, programs, but the programs that have their, their coaches in place and they've got guys coming back that play prominent positions, Braden, I think they got a huge advantage going into this football season if we play. Uh, I think so, too. I, I think it's a, a big advantage. I think a lot of teams are going to have uh, that advantage as well. And you're going to quickly learn not only at the high school level, but in the college level. I don't really know as much in the NFL level, but uh, you know, at least in, in any level where you know kids have to hold themselves accountable and responsible for training during the off season and, and getting ready to go. Uh, you're going to see who's been uh, who's been uh, working out and who hasn't and what teams have uh, been able to uh, get the most out of their kids and uh, who's not. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a pretty balanced season uh, this year in terms of teams. Uh, not You're not usually used to making an impact in the, in the college football realm. Well, I think you're going to find out, number one, who are really passionate about uh, playing their given sport. And you're going to find out what kind of leaders you have on your athletic teams uh, because uh, your your leaders, are, your seniors that are coming back, your upperclassmen in college, juniors and seniors, holding their uh, 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 younger players accountable to make sure they're getting their workouts in and all that. That's going to be really important. And, you know, I'd say that for high school as well. If you've got, you know, good leadership at the uh, the senior class in high school, then you know what? Your guys have probably been doing stuff to try to stay in some semblance of shape, and you're not going to be all that far behind. But if you've just been sitting around and say, well, I'll work out today, and then uh, today uh, goes into tomorrow and the next day, then you know, you're going to be a fat guy, and you're going to be out of shape. Uh, you're getting reports about that with a lot of these NBA players. Uh, not necessarily that they're uh, you know, overweight, but a lot of them are out of shape is basically uh, what some of the reports are coming down with. And again, there's a difference between being in shape and being in basketball shape, being in shape and being in football shape. So uh, you know, that's why they're having these uh, training periods as well. I'm curious to see how the NBA does. Of course, uh, there's a couple guys uh, that are coming in uh, really in good shape and lost a lot of weight, and we'll see if that uh, helps them out at all. Well, the the problem you have in any sport, if you're out of shape, uh, you're you're putting yourself in jeopardy of uh, getting hurt and being out an extended period of time, and we certainly don't want to see that happen. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, really fun segment. I think you'll enjoy this and probably gain a lot of knowledge as well. MLB lineup comprised of NFL players who were drafted by MLB teams. We'll share that with you next on the John Contreras Show, right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Well, welcome back, Coach John Katera. We're headed to 3 o'clock. Uh, Padres uh, just a couple of picks away, and uh, they'll uh, be making their second-round pick. It'll be their third pick. They had a uh, first-round pick last night, number eight overall, where they took uh, 
Robert Hassel the third, the uh, center fielder from Tennessee. In the second round, the compensatory pick, they took Justin Lang, a right-handed pitcher out of the state of Texas, and they will be drafting 45th overall. And uh, they're only a couple of picks away, and we'll get that for you here uh, very shortly. Hey, I also want to remind everyone you can register for a chance to Zoom with us. That'll be a week from tomorrow, right here at 97.3 The Fan, along with all the other hosts as we celebrate fatherhood a few days before Father's Day, Friday, June 19th at 10 a.m. It's Zoom for Happy Padres Day. We'll all be discussing what fatherhood means to us and answer some of your questions as well. You can register on our events page right now and check it out, 973thefansd.com, for a free link to join us. We're going to get to that uh, Major League lineup uh, with uh, current NFL players. Uh, there are players that were drafted by MLB but chose to play uh, professional football. We'll get to that shortly, but want to get out to the phones. Peewee in Imperial Beach, long time, no talk. Thanks for the phone, Cal. How are you? Hello. Hey, Pee Wee, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm worried about you. I hadn't heard from you in a while. Well, I tried to call a couple days ago, but the phone just kept on ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing, and no one didn't answer. Well, you know what? We had a lot of phone calls uh, on uh, Tuesday, I think it was. We had a tremendous amount of phone calls that day. But what's on your mind? So what's the deal with the Padres, you know, like are we having a season this year or are we just going to jump into next year? Well, right now, uh, flip a coin on that. Uh, I think they'll get a deal done. I'm hoping they get a deal done by tomorrow or Saturday. I, originally, at the beginning of the week, I was hoping by Friday, but, you know, we haven't heard anything at all today. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe they'll get back at it tomorrow. Maybe we can get a deal done uh, on Saturday, and hopefully we're talking about baseball. But right now, it doesn't look all that good. Yeah, but I mean, like, when would we be able to go down down to the stadium and stuff? Uh, Pee Wee, I don't know if we'll be able to go down to the stadium. The players will play, but I'm not sure we're going to be uh, able to go to ball games, including myself, even with a press pass. I don't think we're going to get in uh, at least for the first month of the season. Huh. Oh, okay. So there you go. Hey, you're going to have to just tune in each and every day or night. Right here at 97.3, the fan, because we're not going to miss a ball game on the radio. I guarantee you that. Hey, Pee Wee, don't be a stranger. Good to hear from you, buddy. All right. Take care, Coach. All righty. Good to hear from Pee Wee. I was getting a little bit worried about him. Hadn't really heard from him uh, at all during the pandemics, but uh, very happy to have him back a part of the program. All right, Braden, this is a fun segment, and we're doing current NFL players, but over the years there have been some great players in the NFL that were drafted out of high school and even drafted out of college by professional baseball, but they chose to play professional football. And you put together a great list, and I think our listening audience will really enjoy it. Uh, yeah, so this list uh, conducted is uh, NFL players that were drafted, and it's a lineup that you can come up with uh, based on current NFL players. Uh, and we'll just go through position by position. Uh, starting pitcher Patrick Mahomes, of course, he's the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was drafted in baseball in 2014, round 37 by the Detroit Tigers. His Major League Baseball player comparison is Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher Edwin Jackson. Uh, quick stat line for you, Mahomes not only could reach 93 as a pitcher for White House High School, but he reportedly hit better than 450 in his senior year. As a high school junior, Mahomes was still pretty raw. While he was also an outfield prospect, Mahomes was most promising as a pitcher, where he was a third-round prospect or so. Of course, he did play a little bit at Texas Tech while he was there as a quarterback, not only that, but on the baseball team as well. 
uh, he's a great athlete. And, of course, we know about his dad's lineage. His dad played over a decade in the big leagues. Hey, by the way, I just uh, and I'll let you get back to it, but, and we're going to stay with this right now. We'll get the Padre draft pick here in a minute. The Pittsburgh Pirates are on the clock. Their pick may be in. Padres will be next up. So go ahead and continue, Braden. Tom Brady comes in at the uh, the catching spot. Obviously, the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers quarterback. He was drafted in 1995 in the round 18 Montreal uh, by the Montreal Expos. Uh, he's a player comp. Uh, comparable to Brian McCann or a Brewers catcher Omar Narvaez. Uh, he was drafted in the 18th round because everyone knew how difficult it would be to sign him. Uh, John Hughes, then a scout with the Expos, told in New York Daily News in 2019, he was very talented. I mean, on talent alone, he would have been projected a late second-round pick, and I believe he would have made it to the majors as a catcher. He would have gotten there. So that's the scouting report on Tom Brady, who got drafted in 1995. Uh, he's a fantastic athlete. I mean, people real don't realize Brady's a good athlete. I mean, we're seeing him now at 43 years of age where he slowed down, but, boy, he was something special. I Once upon a time, I saw him, and I can't remember what it was on. It was, like, probably a decade ago. They were showing him, like, take ground balls and swinging the bat and all that, and he, he looked to be a pretty accomplished baseball player. Moving on, second baseman is listed as Russell Wilson. His current job is Seattle Seahawks quarterback. Uh, was drafted a handful of times. He was drafted in 07. He was drafted in 2010 and drafted in 2013. Rule 5 draft by, of course, the Texas Rangers. Uh, MLB playoff uh, comparison would be Garrett Hampson of the Colorado Rockies. Wilson played a combined 93 games for single-A Tri-City Dust Devils and Asheville Tourists in 2010-2011, hitting a combined 229 with five homers and 26 RBIs. Stole 19 bags, but he also struck out 118 times and 315 at-bats. Of course, a former baseball player, part of the Texas Rangers organization now as he goes out there and uh, speaks to the Rangers a handful of times uh, for spring training. Well, he's also, I think, uh, been into New York Yankee spring training camp for a couple of days. I mean, uh, I mean, there's no doubt the guy could play. I don't know if he could have made it to the big leagues, but he probably could have been okay as a defender. The bat would have been probably a little bit of an issue, but uh, no, he, uh, he 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 knows his way around the bases a little bit. Moving on to the shortstop, it would be Kyler Murray, uh, Arizona Cardinals quarterback, drafted uh, by the Oakland A's 2018 in the first round, number nine. Of course, uh, he almost ended up signing with the A's. He decided to go uh, uh, not sign and then go back to uh, college and play uh, football at the University of Oklahoma. As At this point, or at least two weeks ago, it was a really good decision. He would have been out of money at this point uh, <laughs> in terms of uh, the uh, getting paid from the minor league players. But a uh, very good player, played uh, both baseball and football at Oklahoma and uh, he would be a, a very talented athlete, and I'm, I'm sure he would make it pretty close to the big leagues now. Hey, we got about, uh, there's no doubt about it, uh, I think he probably made the right decision, and if you want my honest opinion, I'm not sure Kyler Murray would have enjoyed riding on those buses down in low A ball and, and getting to double A and then get to the triple A level where you start flying a lot. But, hey, the Padres pick is in. We're anxiously awaiting here. Uh, go ahead and uh, uh, continue, Braden, and I'll, I'll get the pick here once it comes down. But uh, I think the pick is in, but they just haven't announced it yet. Uh, first baseman would be Hayden Hurst. Uh, third baseman, Matt Moore. Outfield, Shaq Thompson, Golden Tate, A.J. Brown. Relief pitcher, Jameis Winston. Of course, all of those players uh, have been drafted by Major League Baseball teams. Yeah, Jameis Winston, I remember watching him play uh, uh, at Florida State. Uh, he very, very good uh, uh, player. Uh, swung the bat. If, I wanted, if I'm not mistaken, I think he uh, hit left-handed. Uh, but uh, that, that's a really good list of guys. Hayden Hurst, uh, boy, he's a good-looking tight end. I like him. 
Yeah, he's a he's a good tight end, uh, you know, of course, and uh, obviously a pretty good baseball player. Uh, when I was putting this list together, and I saw it on uh, an ESPN.com, it was kind of interesting that a lot of them were quarterbacks. But I'm not surprised as the Padres pick as uh, being announced by Matt Vasgersian. Okay, Owen Casey, an outfielder out of Notre Dame Catholic uh, High School, and I didn't get what state he's from, but I know he's a left-handed hitter uh, from. Uh, I'm not sure where he's from. Uh, I think it's outfielder. Ontario. Yeah, I think Ontario. I think a kid from Canada, actually. Owen Casey. Casey, I think that's how they pronounce it. Yeah, Burlington, uh, Ontario, Canada. How about that? They, they, uh, he had a commitment to Michigan to play for Eric Backus. He was uh, 75th prospect, according to MLB.com. So, boy, that's a little bit of an out-of-the-box, huh? out-of-the-country pick. 17 years old, 6'4", 190 pounds, plays. Uh, he's an outfielder, and uh, obviously uh, looks like a pretty talented guy from uh, what we've seen on the limited amount of tape so far, but we'll have more on him uh, probably coming back after a break. Yeah, we certainly will, and uh, we'll also kind of update you a little bit on those MLB negotiations. We'll also take your phone calls. We're headed to the top of the hour. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Thanks for tuning in daily to the John Contreras Show right here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Uh, 2.38 the time, uh, we tried to track down some information on this young man the Padres just took uh, with the 45th overall pick, their second-round pick, uh, Owen Casey. I believe, Braden, that's the way you say his name. Uh, he's 17 years of age. He'll turn 18 on July 8th, so he's a little bit young. Uh, so most of these guys are 18, close to 19. He's only 17. He'll turn 18 coming up on July 8th out of Burlington, Ontario, Canada. He's six foot four, 190 pounds. He bats left, throws right, and apparently has very good power. MLB.com had him ranked 75th. Uh, so, you know, again, uh, the Padres taking a player that uh, uh, maybe uh, – you know, other uh, teams uh, saw him maybe a little bit later in the draft, maybe later in the second or third, but the Padres liked him. Uh, he had a commitment to the University of Michigan, and I'll tell you, just looking at the little tape I saw of him, looks like this guy can hammer it pretty good. Yeah, he's a big kid from uh, from Canada, of course, and uh, I'm uh, pulling up a video right now to see if I can uh, see exactly uh what you're seeing again because it flashed green here in, at the studio pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, but another big uh, lefty. Uh, outfielder that the Padres uh, selected uh, out of high school. Again, he was committed to Michigan that we know of. Uh, 6'4", 207, according to a Perfect Game. Uh, I know the weight fluctuates on a lot of these things. Being only 17 yeah. years old, uh, very young. Another, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, project for uh, for the Padres. And, uh, you know, he looks like a uh, a kid that can, uh, you know, probably play. But again, it's very uh, early to tell. It's, uh, you know, these MLB drafts are a little bit different than NFL drafts, of course. But uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, what we got. And of course, uh, Casey Schmidt just got drafted third baseman from San Diego State uh, moments ago by the uh, San Francisco Giants. Uh, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, Casey Schmidt, the 49th overall pick, the youngster out of East Lake High School, who I spent a lot of time with his junior and senior year, and uh, very excited for Casey. And uh, when I get off the air, I'll definitely uh, uh, lob him a phone call. Hopefully I can get through. I can text him and text his mom and dad, Dan and Tina. Uh, great people and very excited. And congratulations to, to Casey, but congratulations to San Diego State and uh, having their first player taken in the draft to Casey Schmidt 
out of East Lake and uh, San Diego State, 49th overall pick to the San Francisco Giants, going to a good organization, Braden. Yeah, he is, and uh, you know, of course, uh, talking about the uh, Padres, Owen uh, Casey, of course. Uh, I did find uh, his uh, 45-second uh, um, draft profile. If you want to take a listen, I'd love to. All right, here we go. Casey, a Michigan recruit, has the tools to fit the right field profile very well, starting with his plus raw power. He has legit pop from the left side of the plate with the ability to drive the ball to all fields. Some scouts have questioned his bat path, leading to some concerns about his ability to get to that power, but he has shown the ability to make adjustments in the past. He's at least an above-average runner, one who gets to plus times once underway. In deference to the other Canadian outfielder on this list, David Calabrese, Casey has played a corner outfield spot for the Canadian Junior National Team. With an arm that delivers low 90s throws from the outfield and his power potential, he fits that mold very well. A team that thinks he has the chops to handle center, and he might, could consider him a bit higher. So that was uh, Owen Casey's uh, draft profile, and uh, he kind of fits with the uh, you know the uh, Robert uh, Hassel uh, kind of mold exactly. Big dude, he can put on some weight, plays the corner outfield. Uh, except the only difference is uh, Casey's a little bit uh, faster than uh, Hassel is. Well, you know what? Uh, these guys uh, all look like they swing the bat very well. I'm anxious to see Justin Lang, uh, uh, you know, get signed. Uh, the right-handed pitcher they took with their compensatory pick last night. But, boy, they're getting a couple of guys that uh, have pretty good pedigree swinging the baseball bat. And that, that's really good. It's so hard, Braden. I'm serious. It is so hard. I don't care how long you've been around baseball. It is so hard as a scout to go out and evaluate a hitter and see how he's going to go up the line, you know, going against guys that are throwing 95 and 100 miles an hour. But I can tell you this, if you're going to play in the big leagues, you got to be able to hit a fastball. If you can't hit a fastball, you're not going to get an opportunity to play in the big leagues. And, you know, I go back to Luis Urias. Last year, the kid the Padres had that traded to Milwaukee, that was a concern I had. I know he feasted on minor league pitching quite a bit, but when he was up here, for me at least, I saw, and you watched a lot of the games like I did, and, you know, I may look at the game a little bit different than you, and you're working, and at nights I'm working, but, you know, I've been around baseball for so long, and I watched him, and I just saw him not get the barrel out on 92 and 93 mile an hour fastballs and you know there's an adjustment he gets started a little bit earlier uh and, and get that front foot down a little bit earlier but I was amazed uh, with the numbers that kid had put up in triple I was really amazed how how difficult he had uh, hitting you know a little bit better than average major league fastball last year he feasted if you go back and look at the tape on him he feasted on off-speed pitches and that tells me he's got a little bit of a slow pole Yeah, uh, again with the uh, the Owen. The, how, do, how do you like the, the draft? You got three high school players that the Padres have drafted, and they got a guy from Canada, and that adds to the uh, other Canadians as part of the uh, San Diego Padres. Maybe the next World Baseball Classic, the Padres will be well represented by uh, Team Canada. I, just get, I guess the Padres didn't buy into the philosophy this year this was going to be a college draft because all three of their picks so far have been high schoolers. I mean, they were the first team last night to take a high schooler, and that was number eight, and that's the, the lowest ever a high school player has been taken, and, and that was number eight last night by the Padres. Right, and uh, I mean, it, it kind of goes with what the Padres have done over the last uh, handful of drafts with A.J. Preller. Yeah, I know they took uh, Cal Quantrill uh, and Eric Lauer out of college, but, uh, you know, the last couple of years they've been doing uh, – 
they've been going with the high school route, and uh, you know they obviously uh, think they uh, can uh, develop a lot of these guys, and they think the they're going with the high upside and the high ceiling on a lot of these uh, young players. And uh, I'm looking forward to see these guys grow again. There's just so much in the air, uh, you know, up in the air in terms of what's going on with minor league baseball and what's going on uh, with uh, how they're going to be able to fill these teams and what they're going to do, of course, because we don't even know what's going on with the major league baseball season, let alone any minor season, let alone you know what's what's year one going to be like for these kids that sign uh, after getting drafted. I mean, they're going to they're going to have uh, you know ways for them to play. Is it going to Arizona Fall League going to be uh, ramped up, ready to go? It's uh, a lot of questions out there, but uh, hopefully uh, we could see these guys develop and turn into Padres uh, stars of the future. Hey, Braden, uh, good news tomorrow morning for all our Padre fans out there. Ben and Woods are going to have uh, big A.J. Preller on tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, so uh, tune in for that. A.J. Preller on with Ben and Woods tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, so I'll be tuned in for that one. I'm looking forward to hearing what A.J. has to say. And I'm sure we'll uh, be able to uh, replay some of that interview during our show as well for anybody that misses it tomorrow morning. You know, I'm excited for Casey Schmidt. I'm going to tell you why. He going to a great organization up there with San Francisco. It's an organization that, you know, they're trying to rebuild their farm system. Farhan Zaidi starting his second year as the uh, man in charge up there. Uh, they took uh, a guy that you know and a guy that I know very well, Garrett Furchette, who played at, at Cathedral Catholic, played his final year of high school baseball at Orange Lutheran. He was a fifth-round draft pick a year ago and did very well in the Arizona Rookie League. And, of course, he, like all the minor league kids, are, are sitting around right now waiting to figure out what their next move is going to be. But uh, it looks like uh, uh, the, the San Francisco organization likes the San Diego players, so they took Furchette, who uh, originally is from Vista, California, and Casey uh, uh, Schmidt out of San Diego State. And the great thing about Casey – you know, he's going to play third base in pro ball, but if for some reason that bat doesn't come along, and I think the bat will come along, uh, but if it weren't, they can put him on the mound. This guy developed into being a pretty good closer his senior year in high school and the three years at San Diego State, so I'm really excited about that. The Giants are a good organization. Yeah, Giants are a good organization, of course. They're well run. Uh, obviously, they're going through a, a rebuild process right now. But uh, go to San Diego, guys. you got Alex Dickerson up there, part of the organization as well. Yeah. Uh, they obviously uh, do uh, a lot of scouting down here in San Diego, and I'm sure you've seen them at a lot of these uh, high school games. Well, I'm looking forward. The Padres still have a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. And, you know, we'll see who uh, else they take. Again, I'm kind of waiting to see if anybody from the high school ranks in San Diego go. I don't think – anybody's going to go this year just because of signability and because they're only going five rounds. Now, from what I hear next year, Braden, they're going to go to 20 rounds next year. I've been told they'll never go back to 40 ever again. Yeah, it's a lot of rounds. It's a lot of drafting. Uh, and again, I, I think that goes coincide with uh, what's going on with the minor league system and whether or not they're going to have all these teams. And, uh, you know, they were planning on cutting like 40 teams before uh, the season even started and before, uh, you know, the pandemic even broke out. And, you know, the pandemic uh, is just giving them another reason why they, uh, you know, another reason for them that they think they should uh, shut down a lot of these um minor league teams and cut the teams down. I think uh, that's what they're going to go with. So they're going to eliminate a, a lot of rounds of the draft. I think they're going to, uh, you know, uh, emphasis a lot in, in college baseball. I think college baseball is going to benefit from this. And I think you're going to see a landscape where you got a, a July draft coming up instead of a June draft. And you're going to have uh, the uh, the longer, uh, the later baseball season for college. And I think uh, that's that's going to be the approach for, for years to come. And it's going to be a little different. But uh, I think it's going to be beneficial not only for college baseball, but I think long-term I think it's going to be beneficial for, for Major League Baseball. 
You know, Braden, i got to be honest, and I, I've talked about it a couple of times during this program today. You know, I'm watching all the tape on these pitchers. I can't believe how good some of these guys are and how young they are. Not necessarily the high school guys. High school guys, uh, none of these high school guys really, uh, as far as uh, appeal to me, and I think that's why we haven't seen any of them go real, real high. But, I mean, even these guys that are going in the second uh, round right now, I mean, these guys can flat-out deal. And, you know, hopefully a lot of these kids can stay healthy, get to their organizations, and continue to, to move up the ladder. But I'm really impressed with some of the arms in this draft this year. I wasn't sure how good a draft this was going to be. Be, and I think there was a lot of uncertainty because, you know, the scouts weren't able to get out and see a lot of these guys. They had to go off of what they saw pretty much last summer because even some of these high school kids, their season never got started. They never had an at-bat. I mean, we, we look at Robert Hassel of the Padres. He had nine at-bats, and then everything got shut down. There were some uh, schools and, and some states. They never played a game. College's got about 20 games in, right around, you know, 20, 22 games in, uh, some more, some less, and, and scouts, uh, you know, were able to get out and see him a little bit. Uh, but I am really impressed this is to me arm wise this is a very very deep draft from what i've seen today yeah uh, very deep draft and uh you know got a lot of guys uh you know battling for not that many spots in in terms of uh you know the amount of rounds that are involved and uh yeah the, the high school pitchers again it's it's tough to see because of you know who they're facing and what's going on in the high school ranks uh and they're not as uh, you know developed or mature so uh, that's a different uh, story for a different day, but I like. Uh, I I thought the Padres guy uh, Lang uh, looked really good. He's able to hum it, and there's a lot of guys up there that I'm seeing that uh, you know it's gonna be a lot of lot of good pitching prospects this draft. You got a lot of good hitters, and you know we're talking with Kendall Rogers, uh, you know, a week ago, and this was going to be a big uh, loaded draft for a lot of college players anyway. Let alone with only five rounds, and uh, I think we're seeing that right now. Well, a guy like Lang, who's got great ability, and he's getting better. I mean, he really is starting to come into his own, and we know he's a very good athlete. The kid the Padres took with their compensatory pick last night. But he's three or four way, uh, four years away from pitching in the big leagues right now. So, I mean, that's a when you take a, a, a high school kid, you're talking a minimum of three, if not four or five, before they're going to get to the big leagues or they're going to probably be out of baseball or be with another organization. But, you know, a hassle got a chance. I mean, this guy's got a tool that a lot of guys don't have, and that's being able to swing the bat, and if the power comes along with his man strength, then uh, you're, you're in good shape. And, and like that, that scouting report I read on him earlier, uh, one scout said that, you know, maybe he can stay in center field. You know, he got to work on some things. Doesn't have great instincts right now, but hard work can pay off on that. We saw that with Tony Gwynn years ago, and we've seen it with several ball players over the years, but uh, said that he probably would project better as a right fielder, because he got a good arm i mean he was uh, gunned at 93 miles an hour and we know that he was a good uh, a pitcher in high school he had that one game where he threw a no hitter and struck out 17 i mean this guy is a talented guy robert house of the padres first round pick but he's got the one tool that a lot of guys just never get and that's being able to swing a baseball bat and he's done it against very very good competition being only uh, 18 years of age right now hey Braden, we better get to uh, today's hang a star play of the day what play separated the winners from the losers? It's time for the Hang a Star play of the day. You can hang a star on that, baby. A 97-3, the fan. Right throw in front, two balls and a strike. Machado leads at third. Here's the pitch from Jairo Diaz, and that one is skied to deep left field. Dahl is looking up. This one is way out of here. A two-run homer for Hunter Renfro. His third home run of the game, and the Padres are trying to blow it wide open here in the 12th. 13 plus 2 equals 15. 
Padres lead 15-11 here in the 12th. That was the Hang a Star play of the day on the John Cantera Show on 97.3 The Fan. That was a wild game in Colorado, uh, capped off by a Hunter Renfro two-run homer, his third home run of the game. He gave the Padres a 15-11 lead. Padres would win that game, uh, and that was a fun one in Colorado, a fun series in Colorado that happened a year ago uh, over this weekend. Amazed, and we'll try to get Mark Ziegler on tomorrow. I'm still amazed that Southwestern College canceled all their fall sports right now. You, you would think... Okay, and, and we'll find out more. And I need to read the article because it came down while I've been on the air today. I would think before they would do that, they would meet with the Pacific Coast Conference, you know, uh, Mesa College, San Diego City. Uh, you even got Imperial Valley uh, College in there. You got Palomar. You got Grossmont. Uh, you know, you got a, a, one or two others. Uh, I think a Miramar, a Mira Mesa College. I'm a little surprised that they wouldn't have made a decision as a group. I'm surprised Southwestern, and we had heard this a week ago. We had heard this about a week ago that they were going to wipe out a fall sports. And apparently today they made an official announcement on it. But I would have thought that all the JCs in San Diego would have got together and made that decision in unison. Yeah, I don't know what Southwestern College is doing. I have no idea, and hopefully uh, Mark Ziegler can uh, shine a light on that uh, uh, tomorrow with us and uh, we can track him down. Well, I guarantee you I'm going to go to work on that a little bit because uh, junior college, you and I have talked about it. You went to Arizona uh, for a while. You came back, went to a junior college at Grossmont. I went to Maricosta for two years. had uh, two of the best years of my life in junior college. And, uh, you know, I don't want those kids to be robbed of a great opportunity. And, again, you know, if you wipe it out at Southwestern, you keep it at Palomar, Grossmont, and the other JCs that play football, all of a sudden you're going to have a lot of players that you didn't think you were going to have uh, coming to your program because, if I'm a football player right now at Southwestern, I'm not sitting and waiting. I'm not uh, going to take a chance. I can't play college football this year. I'm, I'm looking to go to Orange County. I'm looking to go anywhere to where I can uh, get an opportunity to play this year. So, Braden, between now and tomorrow will be very interesting what you and I are going to be able to uncover on this. And, of course, we're going to be focused on the draft a little bit as well. Right, we'll be on the draft, and uh, we'll uh, recap the draft, and uh, we'll talk about hopefully uh, – some baseball negotiations. I don't know uh, what they're possibly negotiating right now if Rob Manfred's dealing with the draft, although Matt Vaskersian's the one announcing a pick, the picks right now and not uh, Rob Manfred. So maybe Manfred's back in a cave somewhere uh, locked <laughs> down trying to come up with a deal with Tony Clark. And uh, as we get out of here, the Padres, with their second-round pick, they took Owen Casey, a left-hand hitting outfielder from uh, Ontario, Canada, Burlington, Ontario, Canada, and the kid uh, had a scholarship uh, to go to the University of Michigan, but he uh, is going to hopefully sign with the San Diego Padres. And just a few minutes ago, Casey Schmidt, the third baseman, right-hander out of San Diego State, taken in the second round, 49th overall by the San Francisco Giants. we got Gwen and Chris in the on-deck circle or Braden Soprano, Coach Jockinter. Have a great afternoon, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading the John Contreras Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 